Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Canberra Football Show, episode 55, Australian Cup qualifying final review and Federation Cup final review. Joining us uh, once again is Russ. Russ, thank you very much for joining us. And can I say absolutely stellar job on the commentary on the weekend with Grace Gill and with Steve Forshaw, especially your you had a you had an Aguero moment near the end. Um, I think that'll live um, iconically, uh, at least for uh, Monaro anyway. Yeah, thanks very much. It was uh, it was a two fantastic finals, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, I've had a few people giving us some nice compliments about the commentary on the weekend, and as I've been saying to them, we only try and put the words over the moments that we see. It's up to the players um, and the coaching staff to provide us those moments, and we were very lucky. Um, you know, it, I mentioned on Facebook today. Frank Cation mentioned it to me. And I said, in your commentary career, sometimes you only get you know those moments once ever. Uh, we seem to be getting them every week in Canberra. I mean, every single cup match we've got has got a dramatic conclusion. The league matches are going down to the wire as well. We're very blessed this year. Um, and I'm looking forward to lots more of it because I think there's more to come. I'm sure there certainly will be. Michael, how's it going today? Yeah, doing good, Matt. Doing good. Uh, looking forward to dissecting these, you know, two cup finals that got played over the weekend. Not our normal show, obviously, where we dissect the league action over the three leagues but nevertheless it's still good to sort of get together and and break it all down so looking forward to doing that certainly is let's get cracking shall we australian cup qualifying final monaro panthers three west canberra wanderers one how did this one go michael yeah it was a sensational victory for the monaro panthers you know who who were on the brink of defeat you know in the in the first 90 minutes of play there you know west canberra did really really well they played really well um, to obviously get themselves one nil ahead in, in this game. And, you know, like I just said, the, the club were on the brink there of progress, progressing to the next stage of the Oz Cup, you know, the round round of 32, you know, to be Canberra's represent, representative side. And that was until, you know, a goal, a goal right at the death, you know, from Andre Carl, you know, a classic case of just being at the right place at the right time. The ball sort of just seemed to be like a pinball machine in the box there and it sort of just fell to him and he and he took his chance and like you mentioned at the top Matt uh, of the show you know Russ certainly had his uh, Aguero commentary moment there it was fantastic and just seeing the sort of celebrations as well to go along with that equalizer and I think that equalizer going into extra time seemed to put a massive dent in the confidence for West Canberra you know and you know, fullback Darren Bailey, what, what a run that was down the left channel. And it was a fantastic ball as well to match um, over the top of the defence. And he sort of just took it in his stride before finding the, the far corner. And it was absolutely crazy. And, and just from there, you know, Minaro seemed to really take the ascendancy forward. And obviously the nail in the coffin was when Andre Carl Andre got the opportunity to score his second and Minaro's third of the game. And that that penalty, that Penanka penalty that he scored, sort of gave me a recent flashback to the one that Benzema had scored in the in the Champions League semi final against Man City. Um, it, it was a classy, classic penalty for sure. And obviously, the conclusion of this match sees Monaro go through to the Australia Cup round of thirty two, and I think that's the first time that they've done that as well. So, obviously, all in all, a fantastic night for Monaro Panthers Football Club and. On the other end, a heartbreaking and devastating loss for West Canberra when you consider they were just so close. And we had talked about, you know, over the last few shows, Matt, when 
talking about the Australia Cup, just how well West Canberra have been doing in that competition. And we know the, the league struggles that they've been enduring so far, but they've been fantastic in the Cup. And like I said, they were, they were so close. They were so, so, so close. But Monaro are the ones that prevail. They go through to the Oz, uh, Australia Cup round of 32. Russ, you obviously commentated this one alongside Steve Forshaw. What a game this was. It just had absolutely everything, like you mentioned earlier, with these Australia Cup games. You just never know what's going to happen. No, four games that the Wanderers have played have had a last-minute goal either um, for them or against them, giving them you know, progression. The, the one against Canberra Croatia in the last minute to get them through, then the equaliser against Tuggerung after 92 minutes to send it to extra time. The one they conceded against O'Connor after 95 minutes to send that to extra time. And then, of course, they get hit with a sucker punch on the weekend. The last kick of the match as well, wasn't it? And you, you couldn't script it. Um, the Panthers had had the better of the possession and the territory. Um, I don't think the Wanderers will will dispute that at all. But when you give a man on the match award to the goalkeeper, often you think, well, it, it was one-sided, but it wasn't. There was chances for the Wanderers on, on the night. So my mind goes back to an opportunity that Bo Harvey had in the first half. It was three on two. He went alone. He could have passed it either side. It would have been a shot on goal, perhaps. Um, there was a great chance for Jenna Saruti at 1-0. Um, he couldn't get enough heat on his shot. Uh, it was well saved by, easily saved by Jordan Thurtell. So the Wanderers had their chances and, you know, Panthers were knocking on the door. Uh, they couldn't blow it down. They had the opportunities. Wiseman was denying them. Lockie Fields off the line from Kishton. You just thought it wasn't going to be their night. Uh, and unfortunately for them, they had that final corner. It was a, a strange old state of affairs, wasn't it? Because Darren Bailey was lining up one of his long throws and it slipped out of his hands and, and it kind of threw everybody. And he got that ball into the penalty area. And when Josh Calabria rose and headed it goalwards and Wiseman tipped it over, you thought, well, that's it, surely. And then another corner comes in and Blaise Lazowski nods it off the line and you're thinking, well, that's it, surely. And then at the end there, that incredible finale, it's fallen to the one player that the Wanderers didn't want it to fall to. Uh, the one player in that penalty area that you could put your house on was going to be calm enough to just swing it into the net. Not his greatest finish, Andre Carl, and I'm sure there's plenty more goals to come from him as well, but his most important and Steve said in the commentary, we were chatting just before extra time kicked off, really deflating for the Wanderers. You could see it um, and you just felt that the Panthers would have the edge in extra time. And they did. And, but they again, they had to work for it in extra time. Great goal from Darren Bailey. The one time the whole evening, Jacob Wiseman's made the wrong decision. He was going to come and then decided not to. And it gave Bailey the chance to score. And then, of course, the penalty. Uh, really unusual. Uh, you might hear it back in comms. You can't see it on the picture. But when the penalty was taken, there was five Wanderers players in the Panthers half and eight Panthers back defending them. There's only two players on the edge of the penalty area just in case Carl missed and they whacked it up the other end of the park. It was something I've never seen before, but as we know, he didn't miss. Um, great evening all round. I have to commend both sets of supporters for the noise they made, uh, um, supporting their team in the correct manner, getting behind their their side and, and congratulations to the Panthers for going through uh, the draw for the round of 32 will throw up something nice for them, no doubt. And for the Wanderers, well, they've got to pick themselves up off the canvas um, and go again. It's really hard for them. Uh, your heart bleeds for them, to be honest. They were that close and to have it snatched away at the death um, is heartbreaking. But that's football. And that's why we love football. It's the only sport in the world I feel that can do this. It's the only sport in the world where you've got a team that's got one point on the ladder at the bottom of the table, pushing a side that's, that's, that's pushing for the title all the way to the last kick of the game. 
Absolutely. Russ, like you said, um, anything can sort of happen in this, in this crazy, crazy game. Matt, do you have any sort of thoughts on this? I know you wanted to sort of discuss a little bit at length that the performance that Jacob Wiseman was able to produce for West Canberra. He was phenomenal in goal, wasn't he? Oh, look, he certainly, he certainly was. And I thought Russ actually summed it up quite well. I mean, he was man of the match. And I'm sure people might, <clears throat> if they didn't watch the game, they might just look back and not let Russ and just think it was pretty one-sided. But I was just absolutely, you know, just amazed at how well um, West Canberra defended in a good way. Because like Russ said, the clearance off the line, like you you, you would have thought it was in when you were watching that. When I was watching, they're like, oh, here we go. It's in. No, absolutely cleared it off the line. Wiseman, amazing saves all around. And I thought Steve Forshaw summed it up well. I think it was sometime in the first half or just at the end of the first half. He he said something like, yeah, West Canberra sat back and absorbed it, but it's how they've absorbed it and how they've sort of anticipated Monaro's play. So credit to West Canberra. And I also thought um, Steve also had another good line where he said their hand was literally on the cup. It was on the cusp of it. Um, and I thought that was... A little poetic, but obviously not in West Canberra's way. So it must have been soul crushing for them. Uh, but like you said, congratulations to Monaro Panthers. Uh, first time they're in. First, I think you said, Russ, it was the first Federation Cup as Monaro Panthers. I think you also said on commentary um, yeah. since the old days of Inter Monaro. Yeah. Yeah, they've won a couple, 76-77 uh, back-to-back. They beat Downer Olympic uh, 3-1 and Canberra United 2-1 in back-to-back finals. But they said this is the first time in its current guys that they've done uh, they've done this. Um, just wanted to uh, say that we were we had a vote in the player of the match awards, myself and Steve, um, which we were trying to do whilst we were commentating on the game, like with the sign language to each other, as you do. Uh, and there was plenty of names that we were talking about, and and a lot of them were the uh, back four from the from the Wanderers: Driscoll, Palich, Fields, and Connor Bill. They were all exceptional. And with Jacob Wiseman behind them as well, they needed them to be. I think they knew that the Panthers had more firepower. But all four of them were, were superb. There wasn't a bad player on the park for either side. Um, and unfortunately, someone had to lose and, and it was the Wanderers on this occasion. Yep, indeed. But uh, well done to uh, Monaro Panthers. Uh, Well-deserved in the end. And like we said, make it, they, they're there for their first time. Um, only twice have a can- has a Canberra team made a pass around a 32. And that was Steve Forshaw's Tugger on United in 2014 and Frank Cache's. Canberra Olympic in 2016. And obviously, we know Frank Cash was at the helm of Monaris. Let's see if it goes that way again. They join also the likes of Bengal United, Canberra Croatia, and Tigers to round off our people that have been in there. And I guess the big question I have before we leave is who's going to be paying for that fence, boys, that uh, was broken by the supporters? <laughs> I, had a, I had a bit of a joke with them on the weekend saying that Canberra Croatia will send the invoice to, uh, yeah. to Bonero Panthers. Um, the invoice will be about $20,000. They'll duct tape it up with some duct tape and then their new sense of order will arrive from Boca Juniors on Sunday <laughs> week. <laughs> but yeah, I look, I mean, it, it, the, fence, the fence incident, um, you've got, it, it, it was one of those things. It, there was nothing uh, towards the, um, that was the cause did. It was just mayhem. They yeah. were happy. And <laughs> I, I guess we've now found what the loading weight is on that fence. It's about 45 adults and 20 kids. I think so. All right. Oh, uh, good. I think that's a, that's a good way to end it. Uh, let's move on to the Federation cup final. Now Canberra Olympic two, one over Belconnen United 
Canberra Olympic had an absolutely blitzing start, opened the scoring within the first 95 seconds. Meg Roden puts a ball into the box, which um, Karen Clark, who was uh, filled in as keeper on the day, got a hand to. However, Tiana Mira was there to capitalize and put the ball in the back of the net. Near the end of the half, Nicole Jaloka put a really good cross into the box off a short corner, I believe, um, in which Vanessa Ryan was able to get on the end of it um, and guide a fantastic header into the top corner. This gave Olympic a two-goal advantage. You could see how much it meant to Olympic to go into halftime at 2-0 up. Um, Bell Connor were working their way, I felt, back into the contest in that first half, but you thought, is it going to be deflating for them um, going into half, literally just on the brink of halftime, 2-0 uh, down. But Olympic, fair to say, were firmly uh, in control, though, of that first half. And then Belco come out and they um, half the deficit after Bianca Kimpton put in a huge free kick. Um, great uh, boot on her there, uh, which Pearl Tyne uh, off the bench was able to get on the end of it and put the ball in the back of the net. Scott Collins, I kept pushing after that goal to try and get an equalizer. You could see the confidence in them growing at this stage, um, especially with all three of their substitutes um, making an impact. Riley Ewan as well was one of these substitutes that also came on. And uh, But they weren't able to get a victory in the end. And uh, Canberra Olympic, congratulations to them. Uh, their first ever Federation Cup on the women's side, a great moment for them. Um, for Belcon United, Russ, they weren't able to uh, make that comeback, but it it's I would still say it's um glowing signs for their younger for their young team to once again not the first time they've tried to make a comeback against Olympic after being two 0 down. Yeah, you look at the two teams on paper and you thought it's only going to go one way, um, and it did go that way, but it didn't go that way in perhaps the manner in which we expected. Um, conceding a goal after ninety five seconds, as you mentioned, is not the ideal way to start a cup final. Um, China Miro uh, was Johnny on the spot at the time to score off of the strike from Meg Roden. Karen Clark did did what she could do with it. She palmed it away. Um, perhaps it was a little bit of nerves for her. She, I mean, as I mentioned in commentary, she was a filling goalkeeper, but she's she's played goalkeeper all her youth level as well. So she's not been uh, she's not alien to that position between the posts. When they got the second goal from Vanessa Ryan's looping header off a uh, great ball in from Nicole Jalocki, you thought uh, you feared the worst for Balcony, and you thought, well, they're going to have to come looking for this, and they're going to get picked off by the quality that um, Olympic have got on the break. But huge credit to Balcon and United. That, that group of young players they've got there, they're going to win trophies if they stay together. I'm, I'm confident of it because the performance in the second half was just outstanding. Yes, Olympic sat off a bit. I think they were a bit nervy. They were 2-0 up. They could see the, the first piece of silverware for them at the, uh, you know, sitting over there on the, on the sideline and they weren't far away from getting it. But you consider a lot of those players have won this trophy before. A lot of those players have the experience of it. And to be pushed back like they were by Conlon's young charges, I think he can be very pleased with what he's seen. You mentioned the substitutes. All of them had a huge impact, didn't they? Riley Ewan hit the crossbar. She had that other volley, which was saved by Janet King. And they pushed and pushed and pushed. And a credit to them for getting back into it. Pearl Tyne's goal was beautifully taken. You mentioned Kipton's ball in on a dime and Tyne nipped in and, and scored with a lovely little volley. Um, to half the deficit and they kept coming they kept looking um, couldn't quite find a way through but and on the day I think that Canberra Olympic were probably the deserved winners over the over the whole 90 minutes but you wouldn't have begrudged the Blue Devils an equaliser in an extra half an hour because they kept plugging away um, and as you mentioned twice this season now they've pushed Canberra Olympic to the brink um, the first time they lost to a late penalty um, but this time they've got beaten uh, by two goals to one but the old football cliche 
Uh, Monero Panthers proved it as well in the men's. You've got to lose one to win one sometimes. You understand how it is. So no 10th Federation Cup for Belconian United. That will have to wait. And as I said, with this group of players, I'm sure it will come sooner rather than later. For Canberra Olympic, though, Nicole Begg and her team, fantastic for them. Uh, it's it's a tangible reward now for what they've put into that football club at the start of the year. They made a real effort to to push themselves to the top end of the Women's Premier League table by recruiting rather heavily um, and building a side. But you can't just chuck players into a team and expect it's going to happen. And credit to Nicole Begg, Rachel Hardwick and all the coaching staff at Olympic for making them gel and for getting their first trophy over the line. Yeah, no, definitely 100%. Uh, well done to Canberra Olympia. They are quilted, building quite a side and it's. I'm really looking forward to see how the uh, season ends because it's going to be one hell of a battle uh, there. Um, like we said, congrats to them. Michael, any thoughts on that one before we uh, head into our fixtures for the weekend? I uh, thought I'd just quickly say that, you know, just want to mention, a, yeah, congratulations to Canberra Olympic on winning their first ever Federation Cup. And, you know, this could be the sign of, you know, a potential new dynasty on on the horizon in women's football, you know what I mean? In terms of, you know, them being able to claim some silverware. There's obviously been a lot of talks about that squad with the additions that they had made prior to the season. And they've obviously been performing really well, obviously in the Federation Cup, winning it and in the league so far as well. So it'll be interesting to see how they sort of continue on this upward trajectory that they're currently on. But we should also we should also mention Tiana Miro, player of the match, um, not just for her goal but for her all round uh, play, both in defence and attack. She, her movement's excellent, her use of space is really good, um, and she brings others into play. And she's not afraid to to take people on when she needs to. And I thought, um, again, very difficult decision. There was a lot of players on that field that could have got that medal, uh, but she was a worthy recipient. I think it's yeah great that you mentioned that, Russ. Uh, she was she was great in that game. Moving on now to the MPL round nine uh, fixtures. So we're back to MPL action this weekend. Uh, first up, we've got Belconnen United up against West Canberra Wanderers Saturday, June 11th, 3pm at McKellar Park for this encounter. Matt, I'm going to come to you first, actually. I've got it. I need a little bit of time. Uh, before I make my prediction. Look, I'm going to go with West Canberra here. It's going to be a pretty close one, but I just think there's so much on the line here for West Canberra. I mean, Belco have, if I'm not mistaken, six points now. West Canberra have one. If Belco win, you know, do the math, eight points ahead of West Canberra, it's it, it will be a big um, mountain for them to climb. I, I think West Canberra can get it done. Now, I know they're, you know, coming off um, a heartbreaking defeat, but uh, I'm, I'm sure... The whole staff there will sort of uh, refocus to NPL because this is a huge match for them. In saying that, I think it's going to be a cracker. It's going to be a very quick match. Um, do you have any thoughts on this one, Russ? Well, yeah, I mean, it's huge, isn't it? Uh, the best way to get back on the horse when you've been thrown off it is to is to uh, have another go. And West Canberra Wanderers have got to come back, pick themselves up off the canvas and go again. And, and what better way to do it than a huge match against a side that's in and around them at the bottom of the table. It's still early to talk about relegation, but if the Blue Devils do get this point uh, cushion that they get, that eight-point gap suddenly becomes very, very big indeed. The Wanderers, we know we've got the quality. They've been so close on numerous occasions this season. They've just got to find that willing formula to get themselves across the line, and when they do, they could quite easily go on a run of, of, of victories. That could start this weekend, and the Blue Devils need to be very alert about that. And you know, for Michael Zakoski and his team, he would have watched that on the weekend. I think he'd be quite happy that it went to extra time. They had another extra half hour of hard work 
Um, but of course, they've got a week to recover now. It's going to be a huge, huge encounter. It's really hard to pick a winner as well, isn't it? The goals have been flying in for both those teams at both ends of the park. So there's going to be a few in it and who knows who's going to win, but a vital, vital game in our season. Most definitely. I think it was important to raise there the extra sort of half an hour of football that West Canberra Wanderers had to play in that game against Monaro in the Australia Cup. I'm going to go for a draw in, in this one. Uh, like you said, I think it's very hard to separate these two sides, even though they're towards the bottom end of the MPL table. Obviously, West Canberra still seeking their first victory of the season, and they'll be keen to really bounce back from that heartbreaking loss to Monaro. But I, I can't see these two teams being separated. I think it's going to be very close. So I'm going to go with a draw in this game. But nevertheless, moving on to the second match that we have in round nine, we have Canberra Olympic versus O'Connor Knights. Uh, Saturday, June 11th, 3 p.m. at O'Connor Enclosed. The O'Connor Derby, as you could say for this one, um, taking place at O'Connor Enclosed. Oh. Yeah, Matt, I'm going to go to you again. <laughs> All right, I'm going to go with an O'Connor victory here, but this one, you could flip a coin really for yeah, this one. I just think with O'Connor tough. being complete, like another rest for them uh, will help, but I wouldn't be surprised if Olympic can get uh, back out of this because Olympic do sort of have something to prove after losing, was it 6-1 in that first defeat, um, in that first match against O'Connor Knights? Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, six two in that first game, and six two, yeah, they've conceded. They conceded the fourteen goals um, in the first two rounds. They haven't conceded that many since Canberra Olympic. Uh, it, this is a game I'm going to be doing at three o'clock with Matt on Saturday afternoon before we, we head to the Riverside. It's got it's got all the makings of a fantastic encounter. Two sides that have been bagged full of goals, pretty much like we were talking about with West Canberra, Belcon, and goals going in at both ends for both these teams. Uh, there's plenty to talk about um, in terms of the quality that they've got going forward and defensively as well. Um, I'm really looking forward to this one. Should be another O'Connor derby. Uh, it might well become a staple of our Premier League um, if the Knights manage to pick up some points and, and, and Olympic as well and keep themselves away from that scrap at the bottom of the table. I'm really looking forward to this one. I think there's going to be bags of goals in it. I'm going to go for O'Connor Knights to get an away. Well, I say an away victory, but it's, you know, it's, it's not really a away win at home. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. So uh, obviously they've got an array of young attacking talent in that team. Uh, Canberra Olympic have obviously picked it up since their sort of struggles at the start of the season as well. Like you said, Russ, where they considered 14 goals in their first two matches. So both teams are going to be eager coming into this one. I remember watching the first game between them at O'Connor uh, in that 6-2 uh, victory for O'Connor uh, Knights. And it, it was a great spectacle. So you can expect the the same in terms of um, the attendance and just the, the quality of play that will be on display on the pitch. Next up, we have Tigers FC playing... Canberra, Croatia, Saturday, June 11th, 3 p.m. AOS, Grassfield 2. I'm a little bit quicker with this one. I'm going to go for a Canberra, Croatia away victory in this match. Obviously, the inform uh, side in MPL, they're hard to pick against at the moment, aren't they, Matt? Yeah, look, I, I agree. It's going to be um, a tough match for Tigers. Uh, like you said, Croatia in such great form, it's a bit hard to bet against them. But in saying that though, like we always say, Tigers always show up uh, for this one and they probably have something to prove after that 4-1 uh, loss most recently. But maybe the week 
um, offers sort of uh, help regenerate them. Uh, expect a good performance though from Tigers, but I'll probably go for Croatia here. Any thoughts on this one, Russ? Yeah, it's a big game for the Tigers. They need yep. the points. Uh, they're 11 behind Canberra Croatia at the moment, uh, looking to defend their title. And already it's looking a long shot that they're going to get back up there, um, mainly because their form's not been great. They can't really string together any meaningful runs at the moment. And the performance against Gungahlin United, where they were fairly heavily beaten by five goals to one last time out, would have really um, annoyed Ryan Grogan. It, was, it wasn't just the manner of the defeat. It was the manner of the goals in which were scored. There was a couple of others, chances to win begging. Their squad is a bit threadbare compared to last year. It's it's thinner in terms of the quality and in terms of the numbers. Been good to see those few of the young boys making the step up from Steve Forshaw's under 23s into that group. Alex Wilson, Jake Bishop, a couple of them off the top of my head. And it's been good to see them coming in. Uh, they need to be able to integrate them into that group as well. Rocco Stricker is still a massive miss for the Tigers. You know, when he's not there, they're a completely different side um, to when he is there. I still feel they've got a lot of quality in that team um, and they can hurt sides. But as you mentioned, Cranbrook Croatia, they're doing it, but they're doing it with less panache at the moment. They're winning games. They're not winning games in the way that we know Cranbrook Croatia can win games, but this is what they're about. The last two matches they've played, they've won in the 91st minute, got themselves six points when there was two, two on offer. Um, and this is why they're top of the table. And this is why they're one of the favourites to win the league. They've got balance across the team, depth across the bench. Goals everywhere. And uh, Nick Tineski, I believe, is signing for them as well. So he adds even more quality to that attacking third. Whether we see him on the weekend, we'll wait and see. But yeah, should be a good match. And again, won't be goalless. Yeah, I agree. I definitely don't think it'll be goalless. That's for sure. And, you know, Canberra Croatia, like you mentioned, they just managed to find a way. And they've proved that so many times. This season has been probably the most clutch team in the MPL competition. Lastly, we have Monaro Panthers up against Gungahlin United, Saturday, June 11th, 5.45 p.m. Riverside Stadium. Like you said, Russ, you'll be there for that one in Queanbeyan. Matt, I'm going to come to you first again. Who have you got in this one? This is another very a very good run of fixtures this week. Very, very tough yep. to pick. I'm just going to go down the middle. I'm going to say it's a draw. Obviously, Monaro, a whole bunch of confidence coming off that cup. Don't forget Gungahlin, three matches, three wins in a row as well. It's going to be hard to split them. I'm going to say a draw. Any thoughts on this one, Russ? Yeah, this is going to be a cracker. I really think this is going to be a really good game of football. Uh, Monero will be riding on a high um, if they can get over the cup hangover, um, metaphorically and, and literally in some cases from what I saw on Saturday evening before I left about 10 o'clock. There was a few boys kicking on after the uh, cup final. Um, I'm sure that Frank will have them back training during this week. And Garland United, great performance last week against the Tigers to score five. Uh, um, and I believe Nico Abbott is on his way. Um, I spoke to him today, uh, Monday this is, uh, whenever you're watching this, he was on the bus um, ready to come to from Sydney to Canberra. So he'll be here and available for that. Whether that's too soon for him to be selected is up to obviously Marcel Munoz and his coaching outfit so uh we'll wait and see it's looking forward to it though should be a, a good match and I can't, I can't see anything but a lot of goals i mean both teams have got quality up front both teams have been in good form lately um and yeah i'm really looking forward to it steve forshaw will join me for this one and uh 5 45 kickoff under the lights it's going to be an absolute cracker i'm going to go for i think i'm going to go for a monaro win even though, obviously, they, they played 
you know, 120 minutes of football in the cup. They obviously have quite a bit of time to rest and recover in preparation for this game against Gungahlin United. And it's tough because Gungahlin United are, are in some great form at the moment, probably the best run of games that they've been able to put together so far this season. So I totally understand why Matt went straight down the middle. I pondered it and it it, it was tough, but I'm going to edge towards um, Monaro just on the back of that, you know, cup prevail. And I expect them to, yeah, gain a little bit of obviously momentum and confidence uh, from that. Matt, do you want to go through the MPL uh, W round nine fixtures? Uh, yep. First up, Tuggeron United, Canberra Olympic, uh, another prime time game, Friday, June 10th, 7.45 p.m. at Canberra 201. Tuggeron are playing well, but it's a bit hard to deny Olympic, especially them coming off that uh, big win. And let's not forget, they're still trailing behind Canberra Croatia. So uh, they're going to be raring to go in that regard. Russ, are you going to be doing this one since it's a prime time? Yeah, myself and Jeremy McGann will be nice and warm at Greenway and close at 7.45 on Friday night. Yeah, uh, yeah got to be honest, it's a... Not the best one I'm looking forward to, mainly just because of the kickoff time and the venue, and it's always cold there anyway. So I'm sure the action on the field will keep us nice and warm, though. Two sides that need the points. Um, Tagalong have scored more goals in the last three weeks than they have in the previous uh, six rounds of the season. So um, they're in reasonable form. They've made Camby United Academy work really hard in the catch-up game last week that we did. Um, they've got some good quality around. They've been missing five of their better players as well, five of their first choice um, players, I should say. Um, but maybe some of them will be back for this. Canberra Olympic, uh, you know, Canberra Olympic, Canberra Olympic. They they won the game between the two quite comfortably early in the season, and they'll be expecting the three points. Yeah, and expect some ruse there at that game as well. I'm sure. Uh, Michael, uh, your pick before we move on. Yeah, uh, it's hard to go against Canberra Olympic, especially you know on the back of their. Federation Cup triumph, you know, winning that first piece of silverware for the season. And I mentioned, you know, the potential start of a dynasty there at Canberra Olympic for women's football. And I expect them to carry that sort of confidence over into this match against a Tuggeranong United side that have definitely been performing well over the last few weeks and been scoring goals as well to match. So um, kudos to Tuggeranong United for continuing to uh, to to develop, sorry, in that way. Yeah. Uh, next up, Canberra, Croatia, Wagga City Wanderers, uh, Sunday, June twelfth, two thirty p.m. at Gissing Oval. Um, yeah, look, it's going to be once again tough to go against Croatia. The form they're in, and Wanderers, like uh, Sam Grace said, they still uh, have a bit of a way to go um, with the rebuilding project uh, they are doing there at the moment. Russ, are you going to be there for this one again? Since it's a long weekend. A guessing oval? No, not this time. Um, I've got a game on Sunday. It's a Gungalan enclosed, but we'll come to that in a moment. Uh, yeah, I had a really enjoyable trip down to Gissing the other week um, with uh, some other members of the Capital Football staff to chat with them about what we can do to help them and watch their game against Tuggeranong United. And they were unlucky in that game in some respects. They created enough chances to score four or five goals, but were denied by Sammy Ems and, and a bit of poor finishing. It's going to be really hard for them, though, against Canberra Croatia, isn't it? It's hard for every team against Canberra Croatia. Uh, the best they can hope for really is to try and put in a performance. So they're the kind of games, like you said, Rob Tuxer and his team now will be looking at it going, well, we, we don't expect to win this, but we'll go out and play our football and try and give the best account of ourselves that we can. Yeah. Uh, Michael, quick pick before we move on. I'm going to go for Canberra Croatia in this one. You know, we you mentioned there the development 
that Wagga City Wanderers are still enduring given their sort of changeover in the coaching department. And that's what Sam Gray touched on last week when we had him on the show. And he was a great guest, by the way. It was good to have him on uh, the, the podcast, most definitely. But it's hard to pick against a team like Canberra Croatia that are playing some great football at the moment. And uh, I see them getting the three points in this one. And next up, Bengal United, Belcon United. Like Russ said, he'll be doing this one Sunday, June 12th, 3 p.m. at Bengal and enclosed. For me, it's difficult to go past Belco. Um, I know Gengar have had some good performances, but we've yet to see the best from them. I saw St- uh, Stefan Mubis actually posted on his Twitter um, saying that he's feeling a Gengarland comeback coming. So um, uh, really good article there as well. He always does good articles. Check his stuff out for Beyond 90. Uh, but I'm going to go with the Belco victory, I just think, at the moment. Um, they've just got so much potential right there. And like I said, Gengarland's still yet to click. Any thoughts on this one, Russ? We might get the new coach um, bounce back ability, as they call it. Pat Mills having stepped down um, in the week as coach of Gungarland United. Diego Iglesias, I understand, will be taking first team matters for the time being, um, if not for the rest of the season at Gungarland United after Pat decided he couldn't continue there in that role. Um, they've got quality in their side. Gungarland, Belconnen have got good young players as well. Uh, I'm going to be doing this with Anthony Jagarinic. Should be a, a good match to watch. Um, um, these two games, teams usually play uh, quite close matches. Um, interestingly enough, doing my research on this one today, Gungarland United have, have never actually um, beaten Belconnen in the MPL era. Um, the best they've ever had is a draw. So they'll be looking to change that on the weekend. Um, Scotty Conlon's team. Uh, won quite comfortably last time. They were 1-0 down, but 1-5-1, I think, in the end. But, yeah, again, again, we're, we're looking at it. Can Garland enclose wide open spaces. Lots of players that can play um, with ball to feet. Should be a good match to watch. It certainly should. Uh, Michael, your pick before we move on? Yeah, my pick is with Belcon United in this one. You know, I think I talked about it last week in terms of sort of the up and down season on Garland United has been having. And I guess that sort of has been highlighted by, you know, Pat Mills stepping down and Iglesias, you know, coming back into the role. And, you know, obviously there is uncertainty if that will go on for the rest of the season or not. But nevertheless, they still have a job to do Gungahlin United. And like Russ mentioned, you know, getting a first win in MPLW era against a Belconnen United team that they've historically struggled against would be a massive confidence boost to try and get them back in around that sort of top four finals conversation. But I think Belconnen United are going to be rejuvenated following the Fed Cup defeat to Olympic, and I think they'll come back and get the three points in this game. All right. Um, last up, this is going to be a very interesting matchup, actually. I think this is going to be probably it's probably the pick the pick of the round for me. Both teams in good form. Canberra United Academy, West Canberra Wanderers, Sunday, June 12th, 5.10 p.m. at Hawker Football Centre. Um, even though they both look good, I'm going to go with the Wanderers after their victory against Belco. I just think they've got a really good thing going here with Ray Castro. So that's me for that pick. Um, any thoughts on this on Rush should be a cracker? The Astro Turf Classic. <laughs> Is that what we can call it? I don't know. <laughs> um, look, both sides play on play on the synthetic a lot, don't they? So they, they won't yep. be uh, strangers to it. Both sides, as you mentioned, have been in decent form recently. West Camera Wanderers have been the uh, pick for the, of the season for me, um, the way they've been playing so far. They've got some really quality players in that side. We've seen some great goals from Hattie Graham, some wonderful goals from Tara Cannon, well led by Sarah Whitfield as well, um, as a more experienced player in that group. 
um, Ray Castro and his group seem to have done very well. Um, and they're reaping the rewards with the points they've got on the board. The Cambridge Academy, of course, they're, they're young girls and um, they're, they have their ups and downs, but they've been rediscovering a bit about themselves over the last few weeks. And they worked really hard for that 2 0 win against Tuggerong. They got a bit excited in the final third a couple of times, um, having got through. If they can get a bit of calmness in that final third, they'll carve out teams open and they've got the quality to do so. Should be a great game. Um, I'll be coming home after the uh, Gunners Belko match and t- turning that one on and having a look because I think it should be a really good contest. It certainly should. And uh, your pick, Michael, before we move on? Yeah, I'm going for West Canberra Wanderers in this one. Like you said, Matt, they've been in some great form. And I think Russ made a really good point there that, that they've been, you know, one of the, not a surprise package, but it's been sort of great to see them perform so well when maybe not so many people thought that that was going to be the case, that they've displayed the form that they've been able to put forward. So Ray Castro is doing a phenomenal job with West Canberra. And I think that was a point that Sam Gray touched on last week as well in terms of the the good job that Ray's done with that West Canberra Wanderers playing group. So I'm going to go for the Wanderers in this one. All right. And next up, we have CPL Warburg City Wanderers, Western Malonglo, Saturday, June 11th, 2.15pm at Gissing Oval. Uh, Wanderers probably have um, something to fight for here. They've uh, gone down a bit heavily in their last couple of matches. Um, uh, and before that, they were coming off some great form. Uh, Western Malonglo still yet to pick up their first points. I'm going to go with the draw here. Western Malonglo will eventually um, uh, get their points. Uh, and Wagga, they're going to be looking for a bounce back. So I think there's a lot to play for for both sides here. Any thoughts on this one, Russ? Yeah, I think Wagga um, have probably got a little bit too much for Western at the moment. It's been a tough old season for the Magpies. I think they saw this coming as well at the start of the campaign. They lost a lot of players um, when Ned Jeans went. Ironically, um, he's back taking charge of them at the moment, I believe, um, now that Mark Boyd has has left that position. And alongside Ashley Blount, uh, Ned's doing as much as he can to help that team push on. And, you know, you need them. We want them to succeed. We want them to do well because they're a vital part of our football community. But at the moment, they're just very struggling, uh, very much struggling at the wrong end of the table. Wagger, um, yeah, they blow hot and cold. Dave Leonard, it all depends on who he's got available for him. Um, if he's got his full group uh, and his full contingent up and running, I foresee that they'll possibly have too much for West Western Longwell on the weekend. Michael? Yeah, I think Wagga are going to have a bit too much for Western in this case. You know, we talk about the struggles that West Western Malonglo are, are enduring so far this season. They obviously haven't picked up a point, but I think it was important that you raised, Matt, that they will eventually get a point uh, or their first points. Uh, they've just got to keep on working hard. But I do see Wagga City just being a little bit too much at home in this game. Next up, Brindabella Blues, Canberra White Eagles, Saturday, June 11th, 3 p.m. at Ipen Park in Corwell. This should be a cracker. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go right down the middle for this one. Brindas have been in good form. White Eagles, um, uh, they did go down to Tuggeran United, but they pushed them to the brink from what I heard. It was a very close game in that midweek uh, catch-up. I'm going to go with the draw here. Any thoughts on this one, Russ? Should be a cracker. Yeah, I think the White Eagles would be desperately disappointed that they didn't get anything from that game with Tuggeran. Um, they'll feel a couple of decisions went against them. Tug along will feel a couple went against them, you know, as it is when whenever you play. <clears throat> it's always it's always one or the other, isn't it? Um, but the Eagles have got a lot of quality in their team and pretty better have been in good form. And they they did very well the other week to get a point against Queenbian City. They've got strong attacking players, they've got a lot of pace in that front too. Um, up there and in Curtis Schaefer, they've got a goal scorer as well. So should be a really good game of football, as you said. They they're working really hard 
off the field down there at Brindabella as well on on making that surface at Ipan Park really playable and and you know a proper proper venue for people to go to and, and follow their team and, and they're getting there. So yeah, if you're in the area and you want to see a quality game of football, uh, you, you could do worse than go and watch this one. Michael? I'm going to go for a Canberra White Eagles away victory in this one, even though you mentioned the form that Brindis have been able to put together over the last few weeks, weeks has been uh, very positive from their accounts. But I do think White Eagles will bounce back from that midweek defeat that they had against Togonong United in a game that, like Russ said, that they should have possibly come away with something in terms of how they would have felt, how that sort of just played out and concluded. They'll be disappointed that they weren't able to at least come away with a point. So I think they'll be rejuvenated and ready to go and, you know, be on the hunt for three points. And it's the three points that they, I think, need, um, even though it's, you know, at this stage of the season, you know, it'll be important for them to provide a bit of a bounce back. And next up, ANU Queanbeyan City, uh, Saturday, June 11th, 3.15 p.m., ANU South Oval. Uh, this one is uh, pretty big as well. Queanbeyan City are now one point, if I'm not mistaken, or one or two, I don't remember the specific number, behind uh, Tugger and United after Tugger and United won the catch-up game. Queanbeyan City have been on two consecutive draws where they've had to come back from behind as well. I'm going to go with Queen City in this one, but I think it will be a lot closer than um, uh, than what uh, we think. ANU, they need a win if they want to keep pushing or at least, you know, stay in that top four in that regard. Uh, like we said, Queen City, a couple of results haven't gone their way. Now they're below Tuggeranong. I think they're going to be raring to go for me. I'm probably going to say Queen City here, but if anyone's around, go check out this game. This should be a cracker. Your thoughts, Russ? Yeah, we've got 12 matches across men's, women's, um, Premier League and CPL this weekend. And every single one of them has got their merits and are really hard to pick a winner in. And, and this one's no different. ANU at home are a very good side and uh, they're picking up a bit of form lately. Um, they've been hot and cold this season, much to the disappointment, I think, of Talal Safar and, and his team. That They would have hoped that they would be higher up the table than they are. But they've got the ability to cause Queanbeyan City a lot of problems. They've got a lot of pace in that front three that they've got. And and if there's one thing that Queanbeyan City do struggle with, it's defending against pace. They've got very solid units at the back, but sometimes there's a feeling that they are susceptible to a nippy forward or two. But in saying that, at the other end, Queanbeyan City have got firepower of their own and lots of it. And what they have got is what Canberra Croatia have got in the Premier League. They find a way to get themselves back in the contest. There was a game, I think it was Wagga, they were one down, managed to come back and win the match 2-1. They've come back late in the last two weeks to get points, which might prove valuable towards the end of the season. You just don't know. They'll be disappointed to have lost the lead, lead at the top of the table as well. And I've no doubt they'll come out firing. And yes, as, as you said, it's going to be another great game. It certainly is, Michael. Oh, this is going to be an absolute cracker, like you mentioned, Matt. I think this one... It's very tough to pick, very tough to pick. I'm going to go for I'm going to go for ANU in this one. Um I think they always show up for these bigger games. I know we mentioned the struggles that they've been going through this season in terms of not being able to pick up the results and we think that they would have been in a higher position than what they than what they are, but they've sort of managed to turn it around briefly uh with a couple of recent results and like you mentioned Queanbeyan City coming into this one on the back of two draws in a row and they'll obviously be looking to break that in and it'll be important for them to try and break that so that they don't lose ground on Tuggeranong United who now you know obviously lead the CPL standings but I do have a feeling that ANU might 
nick this one and it'll, it will prove to be probably their biggest win of the season if they're able to do that. It certainly would be if that is the case. Last up, this is, should be another interesting matchup. Ugali versus Tuggeron United, Sunday, June 12th, 1.30pm, Solomon Stadium. Should be li- streaming live on their Facebook like it always is. I'm going to go with Tuggies here for this one, uh, but the way the form Ugali have been showing, especially at home, I wouldn't put a pass in to sneak a result here, but at the end of the day, I just think Tuggeron, they've taken that top spot Um and at the very least, for the short term, I, I can't see anyone taking it away from them. In the long term, if, uh, let's just say they come up, you know, um, you know, near the end of the season, um, once a few more matches have been played, I just can't see them dropping the lead uh, so quickly um, in that regard. But Ugali have all the all the quality and the home form to upset them. How about you, Russ? Any thoughts on this one? Yeah. Yeah, you got it. They've turned it around in the last few weeks, haven't they? They were playing the kind of football we expected from them. Took them a while to get into their stride, but they, now they've found it. they looking like they're going to be a hard nut to crack on their home turf as well. Um, big, big, big match for Tuggeron United. This can't emphasize how important this one is for Mitch Stevens and his team. They've got the lead of the division now. There's a potential that they could be four points clear um, come Sunday uh, evening if the result goes their way at NU Queanbeyan on Saturday. It's it's really interesting that they're playing at 1.30 on Sunday because they're going to know the result from uh, the ANU match. And whilst it shouldn't have too much of a bearing on the way they set themselves up to play this game, it always does in the back of your mind. If ANU have won the game, you're like, well, four points clear now. If Queanbeyan have won the game, all of a sudden you're two points behind and it, become, it becomes critical that you get a result yourself. So the last time Tuggeron went there was in a cup tie. Um, in the quarterfinals last year, and they didn't take a full team and they were beaten 2-0. It's a different Ugali side. It's a different Tuggeron side. This is a Tuggy side that have blown sides away in the first 20 minutes in most of the games they played. They showed the other part, side of themselves against the White Eagles in the week. They had to come from behind to win that one, and they did so. So they look like they've got everything that they need to succeed. Um, should be a really good game. And 1.30 Sunday afternoon is a great time to tune in. Uh, to the Ugali Facebook uh, feed and have a look at that and, and kudos to them for putting that up. The quality for, that, they're, that they're producing in that has been excellent in the CPL. Really looking forward to it. It should be another brilliant match. And we seem to be saying this on repeat this week um, and every week because in we're blessed in Canberra at the moment that in all, four, uh, all three major divisions that we talk about, every side's capable of beating the other on their day and this is no different. Certainly isn't. Uh, Michael? Yeah, we're going to go for a Tuggeron United away victory in this one, but it will be interesting, like Russ mentioned, in terms of just like the psychological warfare that this encounter could mean for Tuggeron heading into this game on the back of knowing what the result could be between ANU and Queanbeyan. So we'll see how that game unfolds on the Saturday before this match between Yulgali and Tuggeron takes place on the Sunday. But I am going to edge towards Tuggeron United. I sort of expect them now to really pick up their stride in terms of, you know, knowing that they hold top position and just sort of continuing that now for the next however however many weeks they're able to do that because they're playing not only great football, but they're proving to be a hard team to beat. And, you know, definitely for the foreseeable future, um, closely. I don't see anyone sort of knocking them off their perch, but, you know, there's quality in in abundance in this league and anything can happen. So we'll just have to wait and see, but I do expect Tuggeron to get a, a win in this game. And that is us for the show this week. Uh, Russ, thank you very much for coming on. And uh, it was great also hearing your opinions on 
CPL and MPLW, as we always do on your reviews on the Capital Football website. Shout out to that work uh, there and everyone else that contributes to that. Uh, any last words before we head off and have another busy week of football? Yeah, I just mentioned the four games again that we've got commentating yeah. on this weekend. Um, Jeremy McGann's joining me on Friday at uh, Greenway and Close for 6, 7.45 kickoff for Canberra Olympics visit to Tuggerong United. Then Jeremy's having the weekend off because it's his birthday. So happy birthday, Monsieur McGann. Um, he's probably, I think he's 21 again. And yeah. <laughs> Sunday, Saturday afternoon, doubleheader, three o'clock, O'Connor enclosed for the Knights versus Olympic. Matt Nicoletti will be with me in that cosy little box up there. Um, then we'll nip across the Riverside Stadium. Steve Forshaw will be there with me for the 5.45 Panthers-Gunners encounter. And then Sunday, as I mentioned, Ant Jagarinik will be with me at Gungarland in close for Gunners against the Blue Devils. So loads of football. All the rest of it in the men's and women's Premier League is live for you as well on NPL TV. Um, so tune in and watch the matches. And uh, feel free if you're around and you want to send us some messages about the game or what you're feeling and just want to shout out to someone's birthday, feel free to do so during the match and we'll get it out there. Indeed, we will. Michael, any last thoughts before we head off? No, obviously a lot of football action this weekend after a week off. So looking forward to, you know, the, you know, different of different results that, that can unfold, what it means for the different tables and the competitions and hopefully some cracking goals. We Hopefully we get to discuss some more sort of cracking goals and get to witness some more sort of classics in, in that instance. We've already had an abundance of great goals already so far this season. So I just really hope that that continues and we can talk all about it next time we're on. We certainly can. That's everything from us today. Episode 55 of the Camper Football Show. Thank you very much for joining. Enjoy your footballing, footballing weekend.